In September of 2009, country music artist Chris Young released the hit, The Man I Want to Be. The Man I Want to Be. He describes the feeling of knowing this is the man that he wants to be, but he knows he's not there. He falls short of it. This is the way that uh, the chorus goes. I spent my whole life getting it all wrong, and I sure could use your help, because from now on, I want to be a good man. I do like I should man. I want to be the kind of man the mirror likes to see. I want to be a strong man and admit that I was wrong, man. God, I'm asking you to come change me to the man I want to be. This morning, as we look at this passage, whether you're a man or a woman, I think that's going to be just about all of us. To realize where we should be, but to realize where we actually are. And I hope that it's our prayer at the end of this that we'll say just like that, Lord, help me, help make me and mold me into the person that you want me to be. And that's the very thing that this passage is, is asking. It starts with a question. How can a young man keep his way pure? How can a young man keep his way pure? Back then, that really meant a lot. Back then, to a Hebrew, their course of life was one of the most important things. And when you would speak to a young person, we see this all throughout the Proverbs, uh, the young people were, were being instructed in the course of their life. And when we think about it, young people have their whole life in front of them. And so it's so important, the course of life that each one of us takes, but not just for young people, but even for older people. The question that he's asking here, how can a young man keep his way pure? Let me put it a different way for us today. How can my course of life go in a good direction? Or here's another question that we ask ourselves right along the same alley. How can I be a good person? Right? Knowing all that I've done wrong, how can I be a good person? How can I get to the mark of where I ought to be knowing that I'm not there? And the, the passage gives us an answer to the young man wondering how he can keep his path, his course of life pure. He answers and he says, by guarding his path according to your word. By guarding the path according to your word. Some translations say by obeying. How are we going to be where God wants us to be? We do it by getting into His Word. We do it by guarding our course of life with His Word. And I, we see it all throughout the psalm that, that the psalmist delights in God's Word. And that's the main thing we're going to see is that the psalmist is delighting in God's Word. Uh, he says that he's delighting with his whole heart. He says, I delight as much as in all riches. He says, I will delight in your statutes. Over and over again, you see that this psalmist is delighting in what God said. He's delighting in what God said ultimately because he delights in God himself. And the main thing that we see in this passage is that our walk with God will be pure and healthy when we delight in his word. How can a young man keep his way pure? How can I be, how can you be a good person? 
How can you live your Christian life, the course of your life, uh, in a way that honors God? By delighting in His Word. Join with me as we read Psalm 119, starting in verse 9, and please stand as we honor the reading of God's Word. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your Word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I've stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and will fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. And I will not forget your word. Father, as we come in, in, in worship this morning, and now turning our attention to the book, Lord, I pray that we would cherish Your Word, and that we would cherish You, the One who gave Your Word. Father, it's still miraculous to me that You speak. Lord, if You were to not speak, we would never know who You are. If You were to never utter Your Word, we would never feel our way towards You. But God, You have spoken to us. And, and Lord, ultimately, You have spoken to us through Your Son, Jesus Christ. You've communicated to us perfectly through Him and through Your Word. And so, Lord, help us to cherish it. And not just to cherish it as an end in itself, but Lord, help us to cherish Your Word because we delight in You. In Jesus' name, Amen. The thing we are going to look at today in Psalm 119, I, I want you to see, he asks that first question, how can a young man keep his way pure? Gives an answer by guarding his way according to Your Word. And then he cries out to God for help. With my whole heart I seek You. Don't let me wander from Your commandments. And then from there until the end of this passage, the psalmist is, is saying, I will do this. I will do this. And so as we walk through this, the, the, the structure of the psalm, the, the observations that we're going to make is, we will delight in the Lord, or I will delight in His Word when, first of all, I store it up. Go on to the next slide, please. When I store it up. When I store it up. Notice there in verse 10, or sorry, verse 11, he says, I have stored up your Word in my heart that I might not sin against you. He says, I've stored it up. And, and when we see that word, heart, a lot of times as Westerners, we like to think of the heart as the seat of emotion. But to an Easterner, to a Hebrew, when they, when they think heart, they think the inner being. When they, think, when they think heart, they would be thinking the equivalent of what we would say when we say mind. Heart for them is the mind, the inner self, the essence of who a person is. The psalmist, look at what he's doing. He's internalizing God's Word. He's storing it up in his heart. He's storing it up in his mind. He's storing it away within himself. It's not enough for him that he just reads it. It's not enough that he just has it read to him. But he wants it internal. He wants it inside of him. 
You know, we all have that one movie that we've seen it so many times that we know the words already. We can speak it right along with the character. In my house, the movie is The Grinch. Okay, and, and a few months before Christmas, which is really too soon, it starts getting played at our house. And now that we have kids that love The Grinch, it gets played just about every day in Christmas season. So much so that the funniest part of the movie to us is not anything that happens in the movie, but it's when Brittany and I look at each other from across the room and we say the line together. We could just about quote it along with Jim Carrey. It's, it's, it's great. We know it by heart. It's internal to us. Why is it internal to us? Why do we know the words to this movie? Why do you know the words to your favorite song or to your favorite movie or to something else that interests you? It's because you have been in it so much that it finally gets into you. That it finally gets into you. The first thing that the psalmist is saying is he is delighting in God's Word by getting into the Word until it gets into him. To get into the Word until it gets into you. As we internalize God's Word, as it gets stored up in our hearts and in our minds, notice what he says. He says, that I might not sin against you. When we start to internalize God's Word, all of a sudden we find that our desires start to line up with His. We find that, that sin is less appealing to us. And so a question for us, if you're a Christian in here and you're, you're walking with the Lord and you're, you're wanting to know how can I sin less, how can I walk faithfully with Him, well, you see it right here. The biggest way that we guard ourselves against sin is by internalizing His Word. The biggest way that you will grow as a Christian is by internalizing His Word. And so for us, we need to get into His Word until it gets into us. Now, notice, it's not just a cursory, superficial glance over of the Word. You know, a lot of times we can go and, and check the boxes, can't we? We say, well, I know I need to have a quiet time in the morning, so what's my reading for today? Good, well, let me just go through that real quick so I can go on and do something else. Anybody like that? I know that, that is me a lot of mornings where I am, I am flying through it so that I can move on to the next thing and be done because I've got so much stuff that I've got to do and this is just not really fitting into my schedule. But notice, that's not what he's talking about, is it? You're not storing up God's Word if you're just checking it off of a list and reading through it real fast and not even meditating on it. He's saying that he is intently studying it. And that's what it takes, church, for us to internalize it. It's not a quick reading, but it's a thoughtful study and a thoughtful meditation. We need to set time aside, unhurried time, so that we can be in His Word. You know, for me, it is not about the, the quantity of Scripture that you can fit into your morning. If you, can, if you could just meditate and dig deep into like two verses, that may be better for you to dig into those two verses than it would be to read a half of a book in the Bible. If that's what it takes for you to dig in and internalize it. So he says, I will store it up. The second thing that he says is that I will speak it. I will speak it. 
Look at what he says next. Uh, he says in verse 13, With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. Notice what, what flows from him storing up God's Word. It flows out of his mouth. I mean, we see in, in the middle here, verse 12, Blessed are you, Lord. Praise is flowing out of His mouth as He stores up God's Word. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your ways. Teach me your statutes. What is inside is flowing out. And that's exactly what the Lord Jesus Himself says, right? In Matthew chapter 12, He says, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We want to know why we have such negativity coming out of our mouth. Maybe it's because we don't have the Word internalized to us. We want to know why we're struggling in this Christian walk. Maybe it's because we're not putting in God's Word inside of us. He is internalizing it so that what flows out is what He put in. But not just that it, is it hidden inside of Him, but God also commands His people to speak His Word. The psalmist is actually being obedient in doing this. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, that's where you see God summarizing the entire law for His people. What they call the Shema. You know, the Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And then, this is what He says after it. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart internalized. You shall teach them diligently to your children speaking. You shall talk of them speaking when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. God wants His Word not just to be something that His people carry inside, but His Word needs to be spoken. I mean, think about it. How, how were the Hebrew children supposed to learn the ways of God? They learned them by their parents speaking about them. How is it that a, a wayward person of God would, would be brought back in? It would be brought back in because in the community of faith, people are speaking God's Word to each other. It is flowing out what they have put in. He says, I will speak. And the question that, that comes up for me is, this is not just something that he strives to do. It just happens in everyday conversation. So a question that I wonder is, how often do God's teachings, God's Word, how often does that come up in my conversation? How much does that come, come up in your conversation on a day-to-day -day basis? Does it flow out? Or is it like pulling teeth to get it to come out? What we treasure can be seen by what we say because there's a connection between our tongue and our heart, our mind. What we delight in is what we talk about. Are you talking about God's Word? Is the God's teachings, is His precepts coming out of your mouth or are you delighting in something else? He says, I will speak. Next thing he says is, I will treasure. I will treasure. Look at what he says next. In your testimonies, I, in the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. He delights in God's Word more than he delights to have all the money in the world. Now that is some intense 
treasuring right there. I mean, that me, I would be saying, well, can't I have them both? Can I just have all the money and then treasure God's Word a little bit more? That would be great. The psalmist is, is delighting in God's Word, but I don't want you to miss this. He delights in God's Word because he delights in God. He delights in God's Word. Don't miss it because he delights in God. That's something, if you're going to write something down, write that down. I will delight in God's Word when I delight in God who spoke the Word. Notice what he said in verse 10 earlier in this passage. With my whole heart I seek you. With my whole heart I seek you. He's not just seeking after God's Word and delighting in it as an end. He's delighting in the God who spoke it. Church, we're not going to delight in God's Word unless we delight in Him first. We wonder why we have such a Scripture illiteracy problem. We wonder why it's so hard to get into God's Word. And I submit to you today, it's hard for us to get into God's Word because it's hard for us to delight in Him. We need to delight in the God who spoke the words. When I think about this, I just think when we value someone, we value what they say. I mean, can you imagine a, a marriage in which the one of the person, one of the people in the marriage, they, they just they don't really delight in hearing from their spouse. Like, can you imagine what it would be like if I just did not want to listen to Brittany when she talks? She thinks I already don't do that, so. Can you imagine it? Would that say that I delight in her very much if I don't really like to listen to what she has to say to me? When you delight in somebody, you delight in what they say also. When someone is important to you, what they say is equally important to you. And so when we, when we treat God's Word on a daily basis so flippantly, God, I'll, just, I'll, I'll read Your Word, but let me, let me just go through this real fast so I can move on to something else more important. God, I'll get into Your Word, but I don't really want to I don't want to read it and internalize it. I don't want to memorize it. I don't want to do any of that stuff. Can I just read it and just go on with my day? Or maybe for a lot of us, you get two weeks down the road and realize, hey, have I even picked up my Bible in two weeks? Been there, done that. Time goes by so fast, folks. And what does that say? It says, hey, if we're not delighting in His Word, then that means that we have a problem, not with just His Word, but we have a problem treasuring God Himself. Notice the psalmist says that he will treasure God's Word. The next thing he says is he will meditate on it. Really flowing out of delighting in it and treasuring it is to think on it. That's, that's what the word is. To, to meditate means to occupy your attention with something. To occupy your attention with something. Look at what he says. I meditate on your precepts. Verse 15, and fix my eyes on your ways. There's another uh, Hebrew word that's very close to this one that also is translated meditate, and it means literally to mumble. To mumble. You see it occur throughout the Psalms, especially when, when you see a, a, a Hebrew person meditating on God's words, they're mumbling. I mean, can you imagine? Do, do y'all ever do that? Do y'all ever, you're, you're thinking about something so intently that you start to mumble. 
for them, for us, for us we, we, we like to read silently. For them, back then, they don't, they, they don't know what it is to read silently. For them, everything is out loud. So if they're reading to themselves, their lips are moving, they're mumbling, they're thinking about what they're reading. I mean, has God's Word ever been like that to us where we're just like, I am so in tune with it, I'm so meditating on it, I'm so thinking about it that like my lips are starting to move and I'm starting to mumble it as I'm talking or as I'm going along the way. He's saying that He is meditating on it. He is thinking about it. He's not just reading it and then going on with His day, but He's taking it and He's mulling over it throughout the day. He's letting it take root in His heart. And he puts it a different way for us. He says not just is he meditating, but he's fixing his eyes on God's ways. So you get the, the imagery of not just somebody thinking and speaking, but somebody who's actually looking. We are looking at God's Word. We should be all day long thinking about it all day long, coming back to it and doing whatever it takes to do that. Whether it be you taking note cards and jotting, jotting down a verse that you read this morning, or when you read a passage, one of the verses that stands out to you, write it down, put it in your car, put it in your office, put it wherever you are so that you can think about it again. So that you can come back to it constantly. He says that he is meditating on it. And fifthly, he says that he will not forget it. You see how all these just kind of flow? When you're thinking about something, you're going to not really want to forget it. He says in verse 16, I will delight in your statutes. And look at what he says. I will not, what? Forget your word. He's not going to forget. He values it so much. He delights in it so much that he is going to remember it. He's going to remember it. You know, Scripture memory was something that was very important back then. Often the Jewish people, they would have large portions of the Bible memorized. Large portions committed to memory. And I look at that and I look at our culture today in the church and I just wonder, what happened? Why, why aren't we memorizing Scripture I mean, when, when our Scripture intake becomes just us reading it and we're not trying to memorize any verses of it, how, how is that going to benefit us all? How are we going to internalize it if we're not remembering it? I mean, how, how are we going to fight sin if we're not having it memorized where we can constantly go back in our heads to what it says? He says at the end, I will not forget. I will not forget. How has memorizing Scripture been a part of our walks with the Lord? Or let me ask a better question. How can we say that we treasure God and His Word if we don't memorize it? I mean, goodness, I memorize the Grinch, something that I really don't value that much. I could quote to you my favorite songs that come on the radio, but can I, can I quote to you God's Word? Do I have it memorized like that? The psalmist says that he delights in God's Word. And to help him do that, he stores it up. To help him do that, he speaks it. He 
says, I will treasure it. I will meditate on it. I will not forget it. Our walk with God, our walk with God is going to be pure and healthy, listen, only when we are committed to delighting in His Word like that. You know, there's a lot of philosophies on ministry and how, how you're to take people and disciple them and grow them, and there's a lot of books written on, on those topics. You can go into the, the bookstore and you can find Christian living, you know, as far as you can go, and very helpful books at that. But I want to submit to you this morning that if you are serious about growing in your walk with the Lord, the thing that's going to do it is going to be getting into the Word until it gets into you. You talk about growing and you, you want to grow, you want to, you want to do better, you want to make sure your course of, of life is going in the right direction. Get into His Word until it gets into you. So how are we going to do that? How are we going to respond to these things? You know, it, it, it's silly for us to just be here and listen to the Word if we're not going to respond to it. If you're here this morning and, and you're a Christian, for you, responding to it, I'd give you three things. First of all, prayer. Pray and ask God to cause you to delight in His Word. You know, we don't just read His Word by ourselves. We need the Holy Spirit to, to bring it and make it fresh for us. And so that means we're dependent on God to read His Word and to delight in it. So the first thing we need to do is we need to say, Lord, would You cause this passion for Your Word to be in me? Will You cause me to treasure Your Word? Will You cause me to delight in Your Word? The next thing is not just prayer, but plan. We don't just happen to obey. We don't just throw it out there and maybe tomorrow we'll obey, but we plan to obey. And so, for, for a lot of us, that means that we don't just need to sit here and say, well, maybe this will improve for me, but we need to actually make a plan to do it. Maybe for you, that means going, finding a good Bible reading plan, something that can, that can really help you. And hey, ask me. You can come ask me after. I've got several suggestions for you. And actually carve out part of your day. If you're busy and you're a scheduled person like I am, go put it in your calendar. That this is what I'm going to do at this time. This is the plan I'm going to read. I'm going to plan to obey. And the final thing is people. Accountability. You know, the times that I've been the most faithful in intaking God's Word is when there are people holding me accountable to do it. And listen, you may think, why, why do I need to do anything beyond coming here on Sunday morning? Why do I need to go to Sunday school? Why do I need to come on Wednesday night? Because in smaller groups, in smaller groups, that's where you're going to grow. That's where you're really going to grow. That's where you're really going to intake God's Word. That's where you're really going to be held accountable. We grow when we're held accountable together for how much we read and intake God's Word. Maybe you're here this morning and you're not a Christian. And if that's you today, we talked a lot today about paths. How can a young man keep his path or his way pure? And for you, let me just say that the Scripture says if you're, if you're not in Christ, your path is actually on a very bad way. 
your path is leading toward destruction. But I want you to hear this, that God, the same God that, that inspired, that breathed out the Scriptures, tells us, tells you, that He can take you off of that path. That He can put you on a path that leads ultimately to Him. The path that you were designed for, the path that you were created for, the path that will bring you everlasting joy. We would love to talk to you more about that. How are you going to respond this morning? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. And Lord, this morning we confess to you that we have not treasured your word like we should. This morning, Lord, I come and confess I have not treasured your word like I should. But Lord, I pray that you would move us not just from confessing our, our utter weakness, but God, that you would move us to faithfulness. That you would move us, Lord, to get into your word until it gets into us. That's the only way that we're going to grow. Help us, Lord, to remember it when we're busy, when we don't feel like getting into it. Help us to remember we're not growing if we're not in your word. If we're not in it every day. So, Lord, help us. Move us along. Help us take steps towards that. And make us, Lord, a people of the book. A people of the book. But Lord, not just a people of the book, but Lord, make me, and I pray this would be the prayer, Lord, of everybody in here, to make me a person of the book. Before we can be a people known for loving God's Word, that first I must be a person that delights in Your words. Help us, Lord, to treasure You. And Lord, help us to treasure Your Word. In Jesus' name.